have an interest in music, science, both, neither, then this podcast is for you. On this inaugural episode of The Aspiring Music Psychologist, I introduced what this podcast is and uh, hope people are even remotely interested. Welcome to The Aspiring Music Psychologist. My name is Zachary Brandt, and I am indeed an aspiring music psychologist. What does that mean? I, of course, love music. I'm a pianist. My family and friends who will make up the entirety of my current audience will know that I am a pianist and love to play music, listen to music, create music, compose, anything to do with it. I'm all over it. I'm also a huge lover of science. Any sort of subtopic within it, physics, biology, math, anything really, I, I, I'm gravitated towards it, um, but especially neuroscience, uh, so music, psychology. And while most people have to choose one thing, uh, if you go off to college, maybe you have to choose between English, math, whatever you're doing, um, I was lucky enough to figure out a way to combine my two loves of music and science, and that's where I am today. So, before I explain what this whole podcast will be, I should give a disclaimer that this is my first run at podcast making. It's going to be horrible, just so you know. Uh, but hopefully, practice makes perfect, um, and stick with me, even if it's bad, please. So, this podcast is going to be an exploration um, into, of course, the topic of music psychology, but it'll also be a resource um, for advice on maybe going into a music psychology academic program, um, maybe if you're interested in combining music and science in some way for your career or something, this would be a, pack, a podcast full of advice for it. Um, and I will say that I've always wanted to make a podcast, so there's that, but there's also an overarching reason that I've done this, and that is my goal, sort of as an academic person, I don't know what you want to call it, but my goal is to provide help, advice, resource to people who are like me. And so whenever I was in high school or college or whenever, I would have loved to have had a podcast, a blog, website, anything that sort of helped guide me, because uh, while I did have some help from my advisors and, of course, my, my family and friends, I sort of had to pioneer my path. I had to figure out, okay, if I really want to do music and uh, science, neuroscience, psychology, how do I go about doing that? And thankfully, I, I figured out how to do it. But I will say that a resource like this would have been awesome if I had it. So I'm going to 
make it happen for the next generation, so to speak. So that is the sort of goal of this podcast. Um, and I will say that this sort of aspiring music psychologist brand, I guess that's what I can call it, it's the brand, um, actually started as a blog and now has its own website. You can go to it at theaspiringmusicpsychologist.com. I have my own domain now. It is fantastic. And by fantastic, I mean barely a website. So you can go to it right now, and it has resources, uh, links to academic programs related to music psychology, um, career searching sites. Um, they're pretty generic at the moment, but I'm hoping it'll grow. I had to start somewhere, you know. Um, so there's a resource page. Um, there's also the blog. The blog is on there. And this podcast will mirror that blog. Um, in other words, every episode of the podcast will have a matching blog post. And since the blog posts are, are on the website already, they've already been written and they're weekly, um, you can sort of predict, look in the future as to what the next podcast episode will be because it will be a previous blog post for the most part. I'm sure that there will be exceptions. Um, in fact, I am realizing how difficult it is to speak for a half hour long podcast all by myself and come up with stuff from my head. So, of course, I will mirror the uh, blog posts, um, but I will probably also want to have, let's say, guests on. Um, maybe other music psychologists, maybe people who are just interested. Uh, since I have no following at the moment, it'll probably just be my friends at first. Um, so it'll be exciting. Uh, I'm excited to get it started. Uh, so I said it was a matching podcast to blog sort of thing. So since this, this is the first episode of the podcast, the first blog post is introductions. And I basically copied, I have it pulled up in front of me. All I have is the blog post pulled up and then a piece of paper with some meaningless scribbles on it. Um, I've already mentioned the whole purpose behind the Aspire Music Psychologist brand, um, which is to help people who were like me or are like me. Um, but, you know, if you're interested in music, interested in science, if you're not interested at all, please still watch. It'll be good. Uh, as I scroll down, the second paragraph in the blog was about me. And I've already talked about it a little bit, but I will go into more depth. I am currently uh, a master's student on the MA Psychology of Music course at the University of Sheffield in the UK. Uh, I will, of course, explain all about the program because I know I did that in subsequent blog posts, so I don't want to give it away. But it is a one-year-long master's course. They do it every year. If, if you are a uh, college senior looking for graduate programs, I would highly recommend it. Um, I mean, you're listening to me now, so their graduates are somewhat successful. <laughs> uh, I went to this specific program in England because they have a heavy focus on research. So here's, I guess, some quick advice. 
if you're interested in a music psychology program. Uh, I found that there are sort of two schools of thought whenever doing a music psychology academic program. There is the research focus, which I was interested in, and University of Sheffield definitely um, is research. And the other is education. Um, I'm not as interested in education, which is ironic because I am all about helping people out. But the education side of things, just to pull differences, because um, I, I went to different schools um, to sort of visit, figure out what the program is all about. Education is basically using music. Um, well, using psychology to help teach music better, if that makes sense. So let's say you are a piano teacher, a violin teacher, instrument, voice, whatever. How can you use behavioral psychology to better instruct to your students? Um, simple enough. Uh, I just knew that wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, if that sounds like it's right up your alley, uh, go to my website <laughs> and, um, there are some helpful resources there. Um, I'm of course much more interested in the research side of things and what that entails is, um, I guess you're going to get some information on my program. Uh, basically they teach you how to read papers, how to write papers, of course. Um, and how to conduct new empirical studies. Um, so yes, yeah, very academic. If you're into that sort of thing, like I was, I highly recommend Sheffield and probably other English schools. Um, it seemed like they were pretty similar. So that's the difference. So there was either educating better, using psychology to help teach better, or there's literally like what is music psychology? Like, what tests can we run to figure out how music affects people? It's actually very, um, a very broad subject that I had no idea um, how deep it went. So, whenever you go into graduate school, let's say. So here's just some more advice. Uh, it's coming out of undergrad. So you think, hey, I'm finally specializing, okay? <laughs> and I am very much not even graduated from my program yet. Um, so I'm giving advice. Maybe it's bad advice, but hey, um, go listen to someone else's podcast if you don't like it. Um, whenever you go into graduate school and you're coming out of undergrad, you think, all right, I've been taking English history, all my uh, gen eds, um, and I've decided, okay, I am good at and like biology a lot. Okay. This is just an example, of course. 
I figured out I want to go to graduate school to study biology. And I'm sure that a master's in biology isn't actually a thing. I'm sure it has to be more specific, but roll with me. I thought that music psychology is like as niche as it can be, you know? It's like you have music as a big umbrella and it probably makes sense that within music you can be a performer, you can be a conductor, uh, you can be a music educator, um, you can get like a, a, a music education degree, you can um, be a composer. There are different things. And I thought that music psychology, you know, at its broadest could be one of those topics, I guess. So you have performing, composing, synth music psychology. And even then, I thought that it's even more niche than that. Um, and within, like, if you go to, like, a psychology department, there isn't a music psychology class, probably, even, you know? That's how specialized it is. Um, so whenever you go to graduate school and you think, hey, I, I've, I've figured it out. Like, this is my thing. I'm going to be a biology person. And then you get there. And you realize that it is nowhere near as specialized as you thought it was because there are so many specific topics within your first topic. <laughs> so biology, you have genetics, cellular biology, uh, microbiology. I am throwing words because I don't know much about biology specifically. I'm sure neuroscience um although now we have degrees literally in neuroscience so whatever <laughs> the biology example if you go to school and you're like okay i'm gonna learn about this topic oh no no you have to learn about all the little subclasses of that topic and then you have to choose one to actually like again so it's almost like going to undergraduate again and you have to figure out from all your classes which topic you like the best and you have to do it within two years this time. Or if you go to England, like I did, you have to do it in one year. Yes. Uh, so be prepared for that. Thankfully, at least in my program, it was so structured that I was able to figure out the different topics and how they sort of divide themselves and how they also connect with each other. Um, and so I, I wasn't having to figure out, uh, I, I, I thought I came here because I wanted all of music psychology, but it turns out that I don't even know exactly what it entails, you know? I thought it was going to be about using music to help people, which of course it does, but there are many more subtopics that you don't even think about. And I don't want to give away all of what I know at the moment because I have to leave room for subsequent episodes of this podcast because I know I talk about it in my subsequent blog posts. Uh, and I also have to fill in this half hour, but going on with the sort of subtopics, um, my blog and in turn this podcast will have three topics, three sort of 
areas in which I will divide it, I guess. Uh, the first one is simply topics in music psychology. I know lots, lots of uh, using the word topics here. But one of my classes at University of Sheffield was literally entitled Topics in Music Psychology, and I was so excited to take it. And it lived up to the name because it turns out pretty much every two weeks or so, you switch topics entirely. Um, so in the next episode, I will talk about what music psychology literally is, uh, but I'll, I'll give you a little teaser here, I guess. Um, whenever I thought about music psychology as a high schooler into undergrad, and what I think most people will think for themselves whenever they, they're asked, what is music psychology, um, will be using music to help people in some way. And that's like a word description, but more specifically, I, I think most people will immediately think of the Mozart effect. So like, oh yeah, Mesa psychology. Um, I, I read or I, I saw that listening to Mozart helps you test better or something, or babies who listen to Mozart or classical music will achieve more or something. That's the one thing. The second thing is Alzheimer's. I think most people know that music has a way of allowing Alzheimer's patients to relive cherished memories that were otherwise gone to them. And it's just amazing that we can do that. And so the Mozart effect and being able to induce memory, especially in cases of pathology, uh, are, of course, topics in music psychology. But it, it's so much more than that. Okay, that's, I think, the, the sort of TV magic version of music psychology because we're, we're familiar with it. but. What I learned is there's music and memory, which is tied to Alzheimer's, and all these topics are sort of tied together um, with themselves. For instance, um, music and emotion. Music and emotion is its own topic. We talked about it. And of course, um, memory and emotion are, are tied together. We know that emotional memories are likely to be remembered more. Um, so there's that. Uh, there's, of course, my whole uh, talk about music and education, so how to use psychology to, to teach better, and I won't talk about it so much anymore. Um, that's a topic. Uh, there are papers, and we studied music and audience, so how, how, do, how do audiences react to certain things? And, and it, it, it's tied to marketing, it's tied to sort of just group psychology. How do we make a better concert? Or just how do we quantify, how do we qualify what's going on at concerts? There's, there's a whole live audience. That's the whole realm that you can go into. There's music and well-being. 
which I've already talked about emotions, but we we use music to help stroke victims walk again. Again, that's like, yeah, there's studies into rhythm and how we we undergo a process called rhythmic entrainment, which is a fancy jargon word, which means that our brains can lock onto a beat, which seems obvious because a lot of people can dance. I don't think I can, but humans are able to sort of figure out where the pulse is in a musical thing. Um, and scientists figured out how to take advantage of that fact to get stroke victims to walk again. So yeah, there's music and well-being, and that's that's like a small part of music and well-being. You can subdivide that even further. Uh, yeah. So lots to talk about, even within topics. <laughs> Uh, and I, I, I'll throw, I'll throw the, the term topics around as my title for that sort of section. So if you're, if you're reading the blog, I'll say, okay, this blog post is another topics post, which means that it's going to be a new topic in it, and then I can refer back to it. So that's topics. Uh, the second of my three sort of realms of the blog and this podcast um, is featured literature. Uh, it's going to always be like a book club, so... I'm sure most of you will not be into that, but hey, I'm in charge. So it will be a paper I've read, hopefully. Hopefully I won't talk about something I haven't read, but a paper I read that I think is either a good entryway for people who've never sort of thought about this topic. Maybe it's just extremely important at the time. Um, maybe I just like it so I can do what I want. And the featured literature will sort of go uh, into the topics, right? So the paper will be on music and memory, and then I'll put a tag on there like, okay, this, this paper goes under this topic um, or some other topic, maybe two topics, I don't know. Um, so that's the second. And the last one is AMP's perspective. What is AMP? It is an acronym for aspiring music psychologist. So I will start using the word AMP from now on because aspiring music psychologist takes too long to say sometimes. So AMP's perspective is a much more casual post episode where I will talk about either an academic experience I had or just my musings on what's going on with, I don't know, uh, a school here, there, anything that I think is helpful to someone who's trying to figure out how to become a music psychologist, because, hey, that's the name of the podcast. Um, and it may also just be, I don't want to put in the effort to make a whole post on a journal article. <laughs> so I'll just write about something else that I think would be fun to listen to slash weed. So those are the three ways that I'm going to divide this. And of course, this will evolve. I'm sure this podcast is absolutely, or this episode is absolutely horrible. Um, and I will say that I am not a fan of my voice. And now that I'm sort of rambling, I think I'm going to end it there. But you can expect these episodes to be about a half hour long, 
because this is the first one, it'll be a little bit shorter uh, because I'm literally working off of two paragraphs and I am ad-libbing off of that because I just have the block in front of me. So, if you love music, if you love science, especially both and even neither, please listen to me talk to you for about a half hour. And uh, thanks for listening.